everyone. Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. And I'm Steve. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Steve, how are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. Uh, we got the pool reopened because it's been 90 for the past seven days. Today the pool's finally able to be swam in and the high was 70. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. I swam anyway because it's been so warm that the water itself is still really fucking warm. Nice. Getting out was freezing, but it was worth it. It really was. Do all that work. It's like, it's hot. It's time to do it. Uh, by, we're ready. We're good to go. It's snowing outside. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. That's, yeah, a bunch of heat wave. Not like, a, not like a heat wave, but it's been very warm like, the last two weeks here. It's just like, it's September. Going on October. Why is it so warm? This is unacceptable. Yep. Well, last year it was fucking, it felt like summer until, like, November. I can't remember if it felt like that way in Illinois last year or not. Yeah. In, in the Pittsburgh area, it definitely did. You know, I remember, like, 75-degree days on, like, Thanksgiving was 75. <laughs> Yowza. That's unacceptable, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Right, your but Congress. hey, uh, it's just a Chinese hoax. <laughs> Chinese did it. Okay, we're not getting political. Uh, <sighs> that's great, Steve. I'm glad you got your pool all figured. Did I do anything else interesting this past week? Uh, for the most part, no. Great. What about you, buddy? Uh, the last week, I went and saw It. I had a friend who really wanted to, wanted to see it, but his girlfriend is terrified of clowns. And surprisingly, my wife is also terrified of clowns. Not like terrified, mm-hmm. I guess, just doesn't care for them. And so I said, okay, yeah. So I, I went and picked him up. He was working some overtime on the, last Saturday. Uh, he was so kind. He bought my ticket to the movie. It was real sweet. I uh, went and saw It, Steve. It was uh, not very good. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it. Briefly. Well, briefly, uh, the children are phenomenal. The the kid actors they had in this movie, e- exceptional, amazing. They were incredible. The movie itself, I could take it or leave it. I really, I, it was full of modern garbage jump scares, terrible CGI, uh, the usual music stings to lead into jump scares, a mediocre plot. And honestly, there there were many moments when I was just laughing. Like, it was ludicrous. Uh, there's a gif going around. It's become a meme now. Of, uh, there's a part of the film where Pennywise does a jig. I uh, was trying to be very polite to the people in the theater. Didn't, I was trying so hard not to bust out laughing, la- like loud gut laughs. It was ridiculous. So for those of you who have seen the film, I'm sure you know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. So you'll know. Uh, you either found it funny or you found it scary. I don't know. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't get what about this film scares people. I don't know what about the It story is so fascinating to people that makes us the number one highest grossing R-rated horror film of all time. I mean, okay. I mean, that's cool. And I'm glad a horror movie is making money. Uh, You know, there are better horror films that could have been making that money, but whatever. Yeah. I'm happy to see horror succeed is all. Yeah, no, I get that part. I just don't know why this movie. It's it's, it's one of those things baffling me. But I guess that's why it does so well, because it's just... Very generic. With the phenomenal, I will stress that to the end of time. The kids were amazing. I'm really sad the next movie I have to see adults. Mm-hmm. Not these kids again. Kids are great. So, that's that. I mean, everyone's going on about Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I really don't see what was so incredible about him. Because he was just, you know, lots of makeup, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then, uh, you know, thoughts of CG junk. Yeah. And stuff. It just didn't didn't feel as I felt. If, if I was going to try to actually gauge like what a creepy clown was, 
I thought Tim Curry's was much more creepy because it looked like a clown, looked like Bozo. Mm-hmm. No, was, and we talked about that multiple times. Like, yeah, exactly. Why would children approach this fucking clown? Yeah, I, it's just. I mean, admittedly, like you know, only one time does like a child like approach. Every time, time it is shot to be terrifying, but <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't work for me. So there are worse horror films coming out this year than this film. I rate this one like a two and a half. But I told my friend that and he's like, "Whoa!" But he didn't. I think we have to say like two and a half is. It's like it's whatever. It's a middle of the road, whatever. I would never watch it again. But if you went and saw it, I guess I wouldn't. You know, that that, that two and a half is purely for the kids. Well, it's a two and a half out of a possible of three. It's actually a great score. <laughs> two and a half out of two point six. <laughs> Exceptional score. Uh, besides that, it's been an okay week. Not too much going on. Uh, Rachel had a flat tire on the way to work yesterday. That sucks. So we were two hours, because I was I, I drove with her that day. It, came, it was one of those coin flips, because she was going to help take a friend to a, 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 the hospital, uh, that, just for like a doctor's appointment during the day during lunch. And I was like, okay, well, it's either me, my t- I take my car, she takes her car, we drive separately, or, you know, I'll just stay at work a little later, so I'll take her car. And then, you know, we're like 10 minutes from the house, boom, flat. I get out, it's like, you know, I'm changing it, cannot get that fucking tire off the car. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, after fighting with it forever, I cannot get the tire off. So, okay, we just park it in the corner of this random apartment complex we had to pull into, call an Uber back to the house, get my car, leave, go, whatever. I think, okay, well, maybe it's just a small thing. We'll go to AutoZone after work. We'll get us some fix a flat, take care of it. Uh, they at least pump it up to get to Walmart, put a new tire on it, whatever. Uh, no, fix a flat doesn't work. And I, and I, I realized later why it didn't work. I'll get to that in a second. So, like, we figured we have to do it. It's called Tow Truck, who, Rachel then spends $60 to have a guy hit the tire with a sledgehammer and a block Perfect. of wood. And boom, the tire comes off. So if there's ever a reason why you have to have a sledgehammer and a block of wood in your trunk for any emergency situations, it's to get a tire off a car. Because the patented kicking the tire did not work. So there's that. And upon taking the tire off, I realized there was a gigantic blowout in the side of it. And that's why I fixed the flat was not working. Perfect. But it was on the inside, so I couldn't see that. So there's adventures and Bill uh, struggling for two hours to get a tire off a car and not working. Well, at least you tried. I did try. You know, it's one of those cases where I was, I've had those moments, I'm like, am I an idiot? I've taken a tires off the cars before, why can't I get this tire off? What did I do? And of course, it's what you have to use one of the, you know, the scissor jack that comes to the car, scrapes my fuck your fucking knuckles up off of your, you know, the ground and trying to jack the car up and, goddamn, Steve... Tires on cars. Why can't we have flying, like, floating hover cars or something to stop this from happening? Um, because the patriarchy. Oh, God damn it. Okay, please send all your money to Anita Sarkeesian. Don't do that. In her battle against the patriarchy. Uh, only under a world where all of our speech is censored from Twitter and places because we might say something mean can we truly have flying cars. <laughs> That's the cost we must pay for convenience. Of not having to pay a man in a tow truck to hit a, car, a tire with a sledgehammer. So there's that. There is that. Did you watch No Mercy this past week, Steve? I did. What'd you think of that? It was fine. It was a, the best match was the tag team match. Uh, I've heard the women's match was the best match, but I guess you could you could intermix both of them. I mean, the women's match was good. It was just another case of like, oh, good, another non-singles women's title match at a pay-per-view. Hey, as long as They finally got away from that for, like, a while, honestly. And now they're just doing it again, and, you know, it's just a lackluster ending is all. Same with the Braun-Brock match. Yeah, I I caught some... And same with the Roman 
Cena match. I actually like the Roman Cena match all all around, aside from the fact that Roman was kicking out of like seventeen finishers. Yeah, I didn't quite care for that match. Uh, but they both gave, but they both gave their all, and I I respect that. I think Roman has gotten a lot better in the ring than he used to be. Uh, yeah, I can give and take. I think he's I think he's generally been fine. Depends on who he's in there with, but I just mm-hmm. don't quite care for him as the character, which we've talked about before. This was a, I think this was the best arc he's had. Um, uh, that, I no, I, I highly disagree with that. Oh, what do you think? I just think all the pl- I think all they, all these scripts are trying to be like, oh, they're fourth wall breaking. Oh, yeah, but it's like, yeah, they're being written to be that way. There's nothing like real about any of it. And it's just like I was telling. I have to. I have to. I try to judge based off of. Okay, I'm a hardcore wrestling fan. What do I get from this? What does the casual person watching TV that like watches every now and then getting from this? Mm-hmm. It's like what, what the fuck is like? Oh, I'm doing a heel turn. Like you're making all these like fourth wall inside baseball stuff references during these promos. Like what about some like kid to watch? I was a what does a does a kid know what this is fucking going on here? Like there's a there's a line where if something's too inside baseball, it doesn't. I don't think it's very good. If you have to resort to that to get something out of it, and plus it went on for three weeks, and there is just. And plus, that first promo was terrible because they did. Oh, sorry, it was decent, but it was ruined in execution at the end because they had John Cena and Roman Reigns had this big heated back and forth, and then boom, they're in a tag match, teaming with each other against other people. What is that mm-hmm. fucking booking? What is that? Right. That's ridiculous. That's like the Sarah Connor and the T- the, the Terminator talking, and then they're gonna have a match together, but they're gonna fight each other in like three weeks. You know, it's just it was just silly. And I just hate the fact that they are trying so hard to be like, hey, Roman Reigns, he's the next anointed one. You will like him whether or not you, you know, you know fuck you. You're going to like him, goddammit. And so it's like, oh, he, he's beat, he beats everybody. He beat Undertaker, he beat this guy. Now John Cena, he, beat, he got beat by him. Now he's raising his hand. Oh, please, please like this man. Look, no matter how many times they put him over, it's not going to fucking work. It's just, I mean, it, what, and Noah, and the, the thing that annoys me the most is because, like, I think Roman is probably a decent guy. Oh no, definitely, and I think definitely. that he could absolutely be effective as a wrestler if he was done in some or some other way. Mm-hmm. But what sucks the most about this entire thing is not the annoyance of like, oh, it's Roman, oh, it's Roman. It's the fact that no one else is going to be getting a legitimate chance until Roman beats Brock at WrestleMania. That is yep. the only time anyone else will start to get put over. To try to be made as the babyface or the face of Raw or whatever, and the fact that we would that we have to wait until fucking April for anyone else to get a genuine chance is infuriating. Yeah, you know, I I don't fucking you know you want to make Roman win the title WrestleMania, <laughs> fine. I don't know why, but I don't care. Do it if you want, Vince. We can give someone else the title in the meantime, though, someone that the fans really like and support and stuff, so that. You know, Rowan beating him would make him a heel champion at least, mm-hmm. instead of constantly. How many pass the torch matches has Rowan been in now? Uh, a good number. Like, I mean, there's Undertaker, Cena, the at Rock, least three. The Rock raising his hand at the Royal Rumble. The Rock, there. yeah, that was the other one I was remembering. Him main eventing WrestleMania. Oh yeah, beating Triple H. Triple H four. At the next paper, uh, Stone Cold's gonna come back and get into a rivalry with Roman. <laughs> And Roman's gonna kick out of uh forty ten yeah, forty ten stunners. And then he's gonna drive the beer truck out and spray Austin with the beer. This is my beer yard. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh Austin's going to raise his hand at the end. 
Yeah, and, just... not, and not stunner him before he leaves. And just... everyone's gonna boo, and you won't be able to hear yourself, and everyone will be like, hmm, I wonder why this isn't working. You want SmackDown to get Jinder Mahal doing a, a Japanese, like, oh, you rook so funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. God damn. Woof. Oh, God. That was pure fucking heel shit. I think it made sense for the character because he's consistently talking about the racism of America and that entire segment was meant to point out his hypocrisy as a terrible person, as a villain. Mm-hmm. And man, people uh, people are different these days. No one gave a shit about uh, Funaki's... No, not Funaki, I'm sorry, Mr. Fuji's racist salt. Well, I think it's just a matter of people can tell where these lines are coming from. Yeah. When you know the creative, when you know the head of the company everything... It's like, oh, a white man is writing these lines for gender to say about, oh, you people are racists, and I'm going to be racist too. Yeah, and that's a fair point, but, you know, I mean, you can no, say I, that about I, a lot I, of scripts, you know? I understand the argument, I know, and I understand the argument, it's just, I, I don't know where I fall on it. I, I mean, just, I'm I, glad I, people blame creative as opposed to, like, tweeting a bunch of horrible things towards gender, you know? Like, I'm glad people know that gender's an actor saying lines that a white man wrote. Yes, it's just a matter of, I think the Rook, you Rook so funny line, that was just like, uh, I, I, when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that is too far, in which the audience also che- chanted at him, that's too far, mm-hmm. which I, but again, it gets heat, so, I mean, I guess it works, but I just, I don't know, I just, uh, feel like there's a, a step missing here somewhere, like either Shinsuke doing something to gender, or there's just one thing missing to make this kind of work, but I don't know, this is my, uh, my opinion on the matter. Uh, speaking of opinions on matters, Steve, uh, you know, what, what, where, where do you stand on sexual assault allegations? Um, I think that the internet is always a bit too quick to want to destroy someone's life based on a, an allegation with absolutely no proof or evidence. And, uh, I think everyone needs to slow down a little bit. Okay, so what if I told you that there's allegations, there's people that can back up these allegations. So then, then is it okay then? I, I think uh, at that point people should absolutely be uh, calling out who is being uh, allegedly uh, the sexual assaultist. I don't know the best way to put that. Not rapist, because the sexual, sexual assault is not rape. Sexual assaulterer. Assaulterer. Um, I think people should call that out. I think people should be allowed to uh, insult that person. But I still think at that point no one should be trying to destroy life. Um, True. Until we get like better evidence or at least uh, start hearing stuff from victims instead of just a uh, I heard or I saw. Okay, well, uh, what, if, what if it was Harry Knowles? Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, that's just funny. When this all blew up, I was like, I, I mean, plenty of people have hated Harry Knowles and any cool news for years now. Yeah. Years and years. Uh, so yeah, just to kind of state what we're kind of getting at here. Harry Knowles this week, uh, you know, I guess I guess he's still rather well-known film critic that was the founder of any cool news and all sort of stuff well a woman came forward um saying that he sexually assaulted her back in 1999 2000 at some of the alamo draft house uh, like um movie shows they used to do there and stuff and other women have come forward saying similar things and other people have come forward saying that they saw the things happen uh but the women wanted them to not like just being confidential like hey d- d- like you know the, the you know shame thing of it you know that comes down sometimes of sexual assault not wanting to talk about it yeah i know what that's like so <laughs> people have come forward with this here because uh, when this year's fantastic fest is coming up which is a big thing that harry Knowles and all these other people are always a part of down in austin uh he was uh noticeably missing and then all this other stuff came out uh 
He's been removed from Equal News. A lot of people that wrote for Hate Equal News have left, which good on those guys for yeah. basically being like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm getting out of there. Uh, so I will say this is still all allegedly, but there's a lot of evidence backing it up. So, but then again, this is really funny because uh, this guy probably makes these four podcasts this week. And this, I, and if you've read any of Harry Knowles' reviews over the years, uh, this should not shock anybody. But he, there's this case in point that they brought up was the his review for the Blade Two. Yeah, it's just like him, like writing some very graphic imagery about Guillermo del Toro being a pussy master and giving uh, oral sex to the audience. And it's like not even actual review of the movie. It's just like uh, three pages of just describing how Guillermo del Toro licks the audience's proverbial clit. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, oh yeah, this guy's a scumbag. Oh, wow. Shock. Oh, woo. My face is red. Uh, Uwe Boll's uh, reaction. Oh my God. So good. (laughs) uh, Was great. It was about 12 minutes of him just uh, shitting on Harry Knowles, calling him, and I quote, a fat retard who lives in his parents' basement. Uh, who got seduced by Hollywood by by being offered flights out there and fancy dinners if some food, uh, nice food, uh, lots of food. <laughs> Very expensive. By both is taking no shit. I mean, he's hated Harry Knowles for years, so. Yeah. So now, he, finally, everyone's on Uwe Boll's side. Finally. <laughs> um, I, I so. like his point of, like, uh, when I think of a predator, I think of someone that, you know, is going to, can chase you down and hold you down and just uh, force you. Um, when I see Harry Knowles, I feel like he's going to run two feet and then have a heart attack. Like, you can oh. just push him over and he'll die. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was such a joyful video to watch. Because Uwe gives no shits. Nope. It's always fantastic. So, this is still developing. I There are some people who are being, I think, a tad uh, stubborn about the whole situation. Whoever's running Troma's Twitter account is particularly being stubborn yes. about all this, saying it's so legit and calling everyone garbage, like doing the usual kind of somewhat victim blaming, like, oh yeah, so if someone assaulted them and you saw it, you wouldn't tell anybody? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if the victim told me not to, I'd, you know, that I'd want to respect their wishes. That's, you know, that's the thing. Something, and yeah, I, I, unless you're a scumbag, I guess, but I, don't, I guess another element of this is apparently um, this at the time was reported to the, the people running the Alamo Draft House in Austin, but they did nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So there's out of all of this, there's big controversy about Fantastic Fest, about Equal News, Harry Knowles, the Alamo Draft House. Uh, there's just a whole man. This, this is this is crazy. Like just how largely how fast. Yeah, because it's like the last week. This is all blown up, and it's just feel the 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 web of it, like how it touches so many things. And like people, like very pretty people who are pretty prominent, either like I guess like the film industry, as in like film presentation, like film festival type stuff. Because Fantastic Fest is a pretty prominent film festival, and people involved in Alamo Draft House, and then just all these other creative people and film critics and stuff. I mean, it's just it's it's something. So we'll wait and see where this goes. Whether or not there's more um, solid evidence of these claims and. Anything else that can come down the line. So we'll see what happens there. It's just something that's kind of big that we could not talk about. Yeah, I mean, based on how many people are coming out about it, I hope uh, Any Cool News crashes and burns and Harry Knowles loses, you know, his uh, apparently only form of income. 
Yeah, now, can you correct me? I thought he did a Kickstarter, like, fundraising for a second season of his show, but it never came out. I don't know. I I, I know nothing about Anacle News or Harry Knowles, except that um, the Anacle News horror was the only reason why I ever went to the page, because Mark Miller uh, reviewed a lot of very little-known horror films and stuff. That's fair. That's the only thing I ever knew or cared about Anacle News. And I'm glad that (laughs) Mark... So happened to remember to review Carousel last month instead of, like, this week. <sighs> okay, so that's all that's going on with all that stuff. We'll, if we get any more updates in the coming weeks, we'll talk about it, because I can follow up on things as much as I can. Oh, and one addendum for last week's episode, uh, I feel like I talked about, uh, we talked about Tom Zavini's effects not being the greatest. Mm-hmm. I did want to clarify that 1980 Maniac came out. I, we talked about that for like a hot second. Uh, Tom Savini also did the effects for Maniac. I did forget about that. Oh. Uh, but I think even in that film we talked about, I think the head explosion and some other stuff were some of it, like the only decent stuff in that film. Yes. I think the other stuff is still pretty questionable. So I, I just feel like I never, I feel like I dropped that as another reference of a horror film that year, but we were also kind of shitting on Savini, so I wanted to cover that in case somebody thought i'd forgotten which i kind of did but i think our our criticisms of of savini is still pretty fair between both films yeah that's the only piece of housekeeping i wanted to do before we get into this month's theme you know it's halloween lots of things come to mind you think of halloween you think of monsters you know vampires all that type stuff so we thought this time this year's theme we're gonna watch some zombie movies, because zombies are so, you know, obscure in pop culture and not really... No one ever covers them enough. No, no one ever talks about zombies at all. Uh, so we're going to talk about zombies. You know, this this little obscure thing. You might have heard of it. I mean, they have, they've kind of gone away in the last 15 years. No one's really seen them around. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to jump right back into the zombie genre. Let's jump into it. Uh, we're going to jump into it by talking uh, about a seminal zombie film you know, we've already talked about Dawn of the Dead and how in- I- huge it was. But really, it was just a catalyst for the film we're talking about today, which truly, truly, like, kicked the bucket off the edge of what <laughs> would lead into the zombie, like, horror boom of the 80s, uh, especially Italian zombie films. So that we're talking none other than Lucio Fulci's Zombie 2, a.k.a. Zombie, a.k.a. Zombie Flesh Eaters. I think I think there's probably seven more titles that are all AKs for this this film. Uh, 1979, one hour, 31 minutes. Strangers searching for a young woman's missing father arrive at a tropical island where a doctor desperately searches for the cause and cure of a recent epidemic of the undead. Okay. Uh, so, Steve, uh, what did you think about Zombie? I think uh, Zombie is an all-around s- solid uh, zombie movie. It definitely it is definitely the magic zombie though. Yes, this zombies. Is voodoo zombies. Voodoo zombies. Oh, undead voodoo zombies as opposed to living voodoo zombies. Yes. There's a lot of zombies, guys. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of mythos here of zombies. Um You know, I, I think it's all around solid, but I don't like it very much. I think I, I think yeah. that the effects are phenomenal. Yes. And I like um, several of the ideas behind it. You know, I like the idea that, you know, a boat comes to New York and that's how they kind of find out shit's going down. So they go to this island and originally the idea is that, like, just things are rising on this fucking island. Uh, but they, uh, someone got bit back in New York. So by the end of the film, New York is fucked. Yep. 
And I, I like that. I like that, you know, okay, we made it out. We're heading back. Oh, shit. I, I like that ending a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, although, um, since this is an airborne or anything like that, we can stop that before the entire world gets fucked. You know, just, just go ahead and nuke New York. Yep. Nuke York. And stay far away from the, that, that island. Stay far from the island of Matul. Yeah. And everything will be fine. It's um, island. Yeah, you know, they get into, like, how it's cursed. There's not much of an explanation outside of that, but that's fine. I don't need more than that. Yeah, I think sometimes horror films uh, succumb to explaining too much. Yeah. Um, you know, I like a couple of the characters. Uh, not exactly sure why the two vacationers didn't just immediately fucking peace out after they dropped uh, the protagonist on the island. Because uh, they broke the drive shaft of their boat. That's right. Thank you. Because the shark attacked it. Which we're going to talk about sharks here in a minute. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, that scene that we'll talk about in a minute is great. Uh, again, the effects are great. There's some good-looking zombies. I like the, uh, creative decision to make all these zombies have their eyes closed the entire time. Except for, like, two zombies in the movie. That's, uh, one of my criticisms yeah. of the zombies. Like, yeah, I, I really do like that all the zombies have their eyes closed. Except for one zombie that they did, like, a shot him like, the face when they're outside of the church. Their eyes are just open, they're all cockeyed and goofy. And then when Susan comes back to life, mm-hmm. which I believe is Susan. Yeah, yeah Susan played by Miranda yeah. Gay. Yeah, when she comes back to life, her eyes are open. Maybe because she's fresh. That's possible. Like, these did look fresher than the zombies, the other zombies. It could be, but I completely still understand your point. Yeah, that's that's a slight flub where it's a, you know where it's an issue there. But otherwise, I do yeah, I do agree with you. I really like the idea that they're all, all eyes are closed and everything. Because then you can do some cool stuff with the makeup, which is pretty nice. Uh, but overall, I'm not a fan of it. I think it moves real fucking slow. Um, again, like I was, I was messaging Bill while watching it. It's only like an hour and a half long, if that, and I felt like it was fucking three hours long by the time the movie was over. This <laughs> suffers from hyper 70s pacing in a big way. Barely anything is happening. Barely anything is interesting. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough going on in the film to justify the film itself. That's that's very true, and it's also rather thin plot-wise. Yes. Because really it is just, uh, boat and harbor, what happened my dad? Okay, let's go to this island. We're at this island. Oh, the dead are coming to life and killing all of us. Uh, New York is fucked. There's the movie. Yeah. You're not really looking much as far as character development or, like, setting a development. You're really just... Because uh, no one knows the answer. There's just un- pe- you know dead things coming back to life and eating people. And then those people die and you know, become infected and go on and kill people again. Mm-hmm. And, it, and so it spreads. And the world is destroyed. That's, uh, that's that. <laughs> that's that. I will say, I will, I, I will say, like, as far as watching it, uh, this is a great film to p- just put on. Like, I, I was just, because I'd seen it, you know, several times, and again, it's not that complicated a film. So for watching it for this week, I just had it on one of my computer monitors, and I just did some other stuff in the other one. Hey, it's excellent. It flies by when you're watching it that way. Because you, you can look over when the good scenes come up, you know, it's not, like, super stringent on stories, so you don't have to, like, totally follow every nook and cranny. And as far as as far as far when it comes to, like, a film through visual storytelling or mood or uh, tension building, uh, this is one of the weaker weaker Fulci films to do that. Because mm-hmm. Fulci's a great director in the sense there where the, if the film isn't necessarily in, engrossing story-wise, it's engrossing visually. Yes. For the most part. That's why he's one of my favorite directors in that regards, like films like The Beyond and and other such uh, stuff like that. Um, 
you know, he's this fantastic visual director. And then along with that, you know, just the, 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 um, shit, uh, the, uh, composer of the music, which is uh, Fabio Frizzi, who's done many Fulci films. You know, he's always bringing something to it. There's always something going on, at least that regard, if the, if the plot is kind of lacking. Mm-hmm. And so it, this film, it's still a great, gorgeous looking movie. So there is that going for it. Yeah, visually the movie's really on board. Yeah, and uh, uh, Giannetto De Rossi's um, special effects are just phenomenal. Phenomenal. They look fantastic. Uh, they they have aged well. They still look good today. Certainly. Uh, there's only one time when they don't look the best, and that is when Susan gets her uh, throat cut, like eaten by one of the zombies in the graveyard. That is a case where the, pro- the, the prosthetic does not match the skin tone very well. But it gets a plus because there are gallons of blood pumping through her fucking neck. Mm-hmm. By the time when her body's on the ground being eaten by the zombies, she's just like covered in blood. And that part, the throat being ripped out, they do a new um, a- you know, application for that, and it looks incredible. Yeah. On top of heads exploding, on top of um, all the other stuff going on there. The uh... <laughs> Let's talk about the shark scene. Shark scene is real good. Uh, this is the first of the two major parts of the film. We're going to talk about this one first. So, we're going to, you know, what if I told you, Steve, in my film, I want to have a zombie fight a shark? How are we going to do that? Are we going to use, use, like, a puppet shark? No, Steve, we're going to use a tiger shark. Oh. We're going to use, like, a dummy under the water with the real shark, though, right? No, we're going to use the shark's trainer, because the stunt guy we did have was sick that day, so the shark's trainer is going to get (laughs) Also, uh, as a side note, quote-unquote, sick. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah, I'm tote sick. I can't get put underwater with a fucking shark today, sorry. No, it's okay, we drugged it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I mean, at least it's just the trainer and the shark that the trainer knows, you know? At least it's not some other random person. No, the actress Arita Gay playing Susan. She's a she's a you know doing some scuba diving right now. She's in the water too. Okay, well, I mean, we don't have to have the shark and her on the exact on this in the same shot. Like we can yeah, yeah, film yeah. her stuff and then go and film the shark and just edit it so it looks like it's uh, right uh, there. Uh, Steve, uh, no, 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 she's no, she's there. She's oh. hiding from the shark. She looks. Oh. She looks. Uh, we're gonna make sure to get the real look of fear. Oh, okay. And I'm just going to cut to the chase here. We're also going to have the star- shark's trainer also get on the shark, wrestle it around. We're going to put a prosthetic put arm its mouth inside on the shark. Put, put a prosthetic uh, arm inside the shark's mouth. You know. We're not killing the shark, though, so we're doing pretty good. Honestly, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, t- I'll take everything else. Just don't kill the shark. Just don't kill the shark, because that shark was pretty fucking adorable, honestly. It was a cute little tiger shark. Yeah, it was a cute little tiger shark. Uh... Yes, uh, it, you know, this film does indeed have a man fight a shark, a real shark, a drugged shark, in the ocean, in zombie makeup. Uh, it's probably one of the most famous parts of this film, is that. <laughs> so much so, is in, like, a commercial for, like, Microsoft computers or something mm-hmm. a couple years ago, which was ridiculous. That I was seeing a fucking clip from Zombie on a TV commercial. It's almost as ridiculous as seeing zombie on the shelves at Walmart. Yeah. But not as ridiculous as Walmart selling I Spit on Your Grave. <laughs> you have to sell edited CDs. You can't have the word, you know, you can't have, a, a, what was it, Nirvana's Rape Me. You can't have that on the back of a, of a CD case. But we're going to sell I Spit on Your Grave that has actual, you know, 
portrayed rape in the film. You know, no big deal, right? <laughs> no big deal. Uh, and the, so, yeah, I mean, geez, the balls. The balls to shoot a scene like that, Steve. <laughs> so much balls. The Italians didn't fuck around. No, Italians don't fuck around. And Lucio Fulci doesn't fuck around. Yeah. His films will kill kill kids, he doesn't give a fuck. Not literally kill kids, kill children characters. <laughs> Wanted to cover that. And he doesn't actually kill innocent animals on screen. No. Uh, and the second most famous scene from this film is the, one of the main reasons my wife doesn't watch Lucio Fulci films anymore. Because uh, of all, all the horror films that we watch, Steve, everything we watch, Fulci is a director she does not want to watch anymore. Because uh, Fulci is apparently too good at making his films disgusting. And he also has a fascination with eyes. Yes. Well, but, you know, he knows what people don't like to see. It's true. I can You can listen to podca- like horror podcasts with the most hardcore fucking dudes, and they will always say the scene that skeeves them and makes them almost want to turn the movie off is in Zombie... When uh, Doctor Maynard's wife, uh, I think it's, um, I think it's just Mrs. Maynard's wife, Olga Carlados. She doesn't have much of a name. She doesn't have much of a character in the film. She just doesn't want to be on this island anymore. And all of a sudden, a zombie's attacking her. She's trying to defend herself. Zombie like punches to the door, and then you slowly see the, her, him grabbing her head and pulling her towards the splinter sticking out of the door as it slowly inches further and closer and closer to her eye, and then bam. <laughs> It goes right in the head. Yeah. So much where it's like the the the, the, the prop the pro, the prop head they have for that looks incredible. And it's just smashing into her head, it's breaking off, like it's a total eye destruction going on there. And for so many that that scene just just, just destroys people. Mm-hmm. Makes them it's just a, lose their minds. It's a great scene. It's fantastic I mean, I don't know where it sits with you. Is it a scene that you can watch and not have to look away or Yeah, it doesn't get to me. Okay, it doesn't get to me either, so I was just curious where you stood on it. I, I'm just but it looks it. great, and I get why other people don't like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't quite go as far as uh, thrill in the movie Thriller, A Cruel Picture, where the that's the one with the girl with the, 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 the eye patch that goes around killing guys. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? It's it's also it's referenced no, a lot happen, in uh, no. Kill Bill. Well, in the film, um, it's a girl that gets kidnapped, gets forced into prostitution, and when she misbehaves the guy, there's a the, 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 her pimp blinds her in one eye. And to shoot the scene of her him blinding her, uh, uh, they used a corpse from from medical school and actually like stabbed the eye on the corpse. Mm-hmm. So they used an actual human body to for a film. Uh, the, the medical school is not very happy that they did this. <laughs> I don't know why, but, but it's on film. <laughs> Uh, I will I will recommend that film. It's fun, but I will say uh, watch the version without the hardcore sex scenes in it. Yeah. To to make that film sell in America, the producers added like cutaway, like they use a stunt, like a, the the actress. It was like a lookalike body, and they added a whole bunch of hardcore sex scenes. It does nothing for the movie. So no, quick. Uh, when I re- for recommending that, check out the non non porn scene version of the of thriller. Uh, back to this though. Yes, so we got some fantastic eye pokes, looking great on a poor woman who just didn't want to be on this island anymore. Nope, just did not want to be on the island. She was totally right. Yeah, but you know what? I, I felt that he also had a fair point. Like, no, I kind of, I want to stay so I can maybe figure out why the dead are coming back to life. You know, in case this becomes a problem later for the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> Just want to figure out why this is happening. Yeah. Nope. It's all magic. Goddamn magic. Goddamn magic. 
Uh, I like Dr. Menard pretty well, played by Richard Johnson. Yeah, I like him. Pretty interesting guy. He, di- he dies weirdly in the film, though. Just gets bit on the face and dies instantly. Yeah. Instantly. So it's like, no, that, that's like, yeah, that wouldn't kill you. I don't know what's going on there. He just, he gave up. <laughs> he died of a broken heart because his wife was dead. That's true. It's going to take it anymore. Nope. Uh, yeah, character's pretty smart. They know to shoot zombies in the head pretty quickly. And the head explosions are pretty great. Yeah, they all look great. Especially um, when Dr. Menard's killing, like, the patient's coming back from the dead and he has the, the like, their heads tied up in bags and stuff. The, the squib effect explosions when they get shot in the head always look incredible. Yes. Again, going back to the special effects of the film being amazing. But just... They look like they look like they actually shot someone in the head. There's nice and chunky, good color blood. The blood in this film is very vivid, mm-hmm. but not like not going too far over into looking like paint territory. No, which, totally. It looks great looking blood. Yeah, excellent looking blood. Which again, paralleling to Dawn of the Dead, another Tom Savini film, <laughs> <laughs> where I but I, I will say I think sometimes it's the film stock they use that changed the color of that blood. There's no way in the world. They would have filmed that movie with the blood looking that way in Dawn of the Dead. Mm, I mean, you say that, but... God, I feel like, I still feel like I need to give him a benefit of the doubt on that blood, because it's goddamn. Jesus. But either way, the blood in this film, excellent. It's vivid, rich, nice red colored. It's excellent stuff. And there's lots of it. They don't shy away from the blood. Oh, absolutely. Don't Don't shy away from putting worms and maggots on actors' faces. You know, yeah. No one, uh, no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Just go for it. And that's what we're gonna do here in this film. Do it, pussy. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to mention. Sadly, because as we mentioned, it's a rather light film plot wise. Just uh, you know, it's obviously Italian, so it is dubbed. It's um, dubbed very well, though. Honestly, it is. Uh, I, now I could. I was. Try- I mean, it's one of those cases where you listen to podcasts, you hear people talk about films. Uh, I could not find the name of the film, but this was a case of, they shot this film with no sound, and they did the sound later, because from my understanding, A, the camera is loud as fuck, and B, uh, they're filming another film at the same time as filming this one. Okay. So while they're shooting one shot here, off camera, they're building sets for another film. (laughs) Jesus now, I, if, someone, if someone knows otyerwise, please correct me because I, 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 I've heard this story many times. And I, I, ninety percent sure it's ta- they're, they're talking about zombie and not another uh, Italian film. Which again, if they could totally be talking about other Italian films, but I, I'm pretty sure there zombie was a case of this. Like, there's another film that used the same church that was also burning when they were burning this one, but they were shooting it from different angles to have different, like, completely repurpose it for other stuff. And that type of instances. So, if anybody knows, like, the specific film I'm talking about, please cr- let me know and correct me on this. But I'm, I'm pretty sure, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's zombie mm-hmm. that this was happening. But it's, it's also not uncommon just to, for Italian films to be shot silent with no sound and then do it all later. Because most of them they're going to redub anyways because they have English-speaking actors and Italian-speaking actors. And the between equipment between everything else going on is easier to do it that way. Which is then further, a lot of the films you see even more impressive. No, totally. That they got the sound to look sound as good as they did. But then again, you can do a lot of cool stuff with that then. Because you can create more tension, you can work better with your soundtrack score and your actors and the mixing of everything so you don't have a lot of other ambient sounds from the area. It's like It creates like a interesting dead space in the sound design. Mm-hmm. Which can work for a lot of things. Oh yeah, the score of this film is interesting too. I like all the synths. 
I do too. It's always nice, good, and droning where you got like a good, like, you know, metronome beat to it. And then a couple like, you know, um, lead ups and drops and stuff. It's, it's nice. Nice. And like a couple of like the synthesizer kind of like choir sounding stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always really dig, uh, the soundtracks for Fulci's films. And a lot of the times, uh, the films I've heard with, uh, you know, and obviously, yeah, like the beyond and other stuff, this, those are also done by Fabio Frizzi. So he's done a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I do believe Zombie was the first film he did with Fulci. I was trying to watch through a lot of special features. This uh, Shriek Show release I have that I bought from 42nd Street Pete three years ago at Cinema Wasteland uh, that uh, did not have the film disc in it. (laughs) And I had to get a replacement from Pete. Shriek Show was a, a horror offshoot from Media Blasters. Media Blasters is most known for doing, like, hentai releases and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They also did other, like, um, distribution for stuff. I, I, I'm stretching as much as I can. I don't know. <laughs> the film is uh, insanely popular. It grossed uh, on a budget of $410 million, uh, 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 Italian liras. It grossed $3 billion Italian liras. So it was wow. Insanely, insanely... That's $5 American. <laughs> Uh, in the current state, probably. Uh, so, it, obviously, not just there. It was huge in America. The poster of this film is iconic. It, just yeah, that, it is. that zombie. Oh, looks incredible. I love how lame that zombie opening its mouth is, though. <laughs> like, you have this great buildup. Uh, I like the camera movement. I like getting the POV from both of them. From both the zombie and the character. Mm-hmm. And then the the, the actor just tries his best... To open his lips past all the makeup and the giant fucking prosthetic teeth. Mm-hmm. And it just looks silly as fuck. Yeah. I, I laugh out loud during that. Well, as far as a zombie on a box art, this is, this is this one does well enough, though. It's gross and grody. And, the, you know, back in the day of VHS, this is something you'd see on the, every store shelf. You know, the shelves, you'd always like, oh, that's, a, that's an eye catcher. It makes you want to see it. Like, this is a zombie. Like, they're, they're not beating around the bush. They tell you exactly what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, any final thoughts before I wrap it up here? I think I've said all of my two cents on this film. I mean, I really hate to cut it at this point because this is such a short episode, but like you said, there's like no plot. There's only like five characters. Where's my dad? Where'd happen to my dad? Your dad's dead. Aw, oh, shit. Okay, the end. <laughs> uh, I like the scene on the boat when they're in New York and they're like, they, they pretend like they're just a couple that were trying to fuck. On a very disgusting boat. Very disgusting boat. That a man died in earlier. Horribly died. Horribly died. <laughs> then you came a zombie and caused the, the, the spread yes. in New York. Yes. <laughs> I will say that I don't think... Uh, what's the boatman's name? The boatman's name? Yeah. The... Oh, Bru- uh, Bru- um, is uh, Brian. Thank you. Um, I do think that Fulci was trying to sort of emulate Brian slowly dying. Um... I think with that, he was trying to emulate uh, the cop from Dawn of the Dead's whole, like, death sequence of, like, slowly dying or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I do think that came up really short. Yeah, I will I think an issue, kind of, this film is the rules and how quickly you can turn. Because mm-hmm. some people, it feels like a minute goes by and boom, they're zombies. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it was just them wanting to try to further establish stuff. Like, oh, Brian got bit in the arm and, you know, it creates, it creates a... Um, Kind of a sense of dread too, because they're they're leaving the island. They can't go very fast because the drive shaft on the boat. So they're going like no pace. 
the guy that was like dr- driving there that, that kind of helped survive this whole situation, he's becoming a zombie. They lock him down below. They're hearing the radio broadcast about how New York is like falling apart and like all the zombies are taking over so quickly. Shit's fucked. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's like yeah, you're stranded in the middle of the ocean. Boat can't go, barely go anywhere. You got a dude that's banging on the door down the, the, below the deck of the you know where you're at. Clearly you not a, a strong zombie. door. Yeah, clearly not. And so it's like there's like it's like it, shit's fucked. It's like it's such a great like downer ending, which. It's faulty. It happens quite often. It's a downer ending, but it's not a hopeless ending. You know what I mean? That's totally fair, because there's still a chance that things might be better at yeah, by Just New point. York City is fucked, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, like, we could we could solve that problem. Well, no, as, we dis- as we're going to discover later in the month, Steve, just nuking it doesn't necessarily fix the problem. Well, it depends on the zombie. Well, yeah, I'm just making a, a coy joke referencing the, the film we're going to talk later about. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about Return of the Living Dead, Steve. Oh. <laughs> oh! Well, I don't know. What, would nuking work against the zombies? Because those zombies are shut down with electricity. Uh, would a nuclear reaction be enough to shut them down? <sighs> what movie? What are you talking about? In Return of the Living Dead 2, it's uh, revealed that electrocuting oh, them actually kills them. God damn it, that movie. Gosh, shit. I love Re- Return 2. I love Return 2. Not, I mean, the first movie is a better movie, but I love Return 2. Uh, I think from memory, because it's been probably 15 years since I've watched Return 2. Actually, geez, now it's probably actually been 20 years since I've watched Return 2. Uh, time gets best of me. I just remember thinking, why is this rated R, and why is this called Return of the Living Dead 2? Uh, I'll agree with you on the first part. Second part is just, eh, I mean, they're changing up the tone. They're making it more of a uh, silly thing. That's true. Then they came back around with Return of the Living Dead 3. Yeah, which I also uh, like. Which we're going to talk about those those that whole stuff later. Let's get into star ratings for Zombie, because when, when we're diverging that much, it means it's time to wrap it up. Let's wrap it. Uh, three. And even yeah. that's kind of like a stretch, and that's only because of like... I mean, like I don't like this movie at all. I hate watching it. Not because it, <laughs> not because it grosses me out, just because I'm always bored as fuck. Yeah. But in the same sense, like the cinematography's great, the visuals are great, the effects are great, the music's great. So you know, I have to I have to give the movie credit, but like my three out of five for me, I still say don't recommend. Yeah, for me, it's a two and a half for most of the same reasons. I love Fulci. This is my least favorite Fulci film. Mm-hmm. I don't know very... why this movie is so popular in the horror community. I think it's 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 one of those titles. So like when we talked about Friday the 13th, it was one of those titles. It's like such a huge film for what it was. It was just, you know, the gore effects. I mean, as far as the zombie genre is concerned, this is a, like right up there at Dawn of the Dead. I mean... It, for as much as people talk of Night of the Living Dead, I, I really, really feel like Dawn and Zombie do way more for the genre than Night of the Living Dead did. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, like, it's just one of those, it's one of those seminal films. Like, at the same time, like, I, you know, Citizen Kane's okay. Like, I, I Ford it pioneered in film techniques, but as far as story and a lot of other things, it's not that great. But it's still touted as, like, the greatest film of all time for many of these reasons, because it's a seminal, huge uh, you know, a uh, film in the genre, or as far as film in general, and like, especially in this case, you know, just just horror. It's such a huge film for horror. Yeah, that's why it's such a big deal. So, I mean, that that's that's probably why. I mean, I, I'm with you. That's like it doesn't. That's not a huge film for me. Like, I like it well enough as a Fulci fan. But as far as 
a horror fan or a fan of like is the zombie genre of films this is not a film that does a lot for me but it's an important film that's why i felt it really needed to be talked talked about to kick off the uh zombie ween month for us yeah so there we are leave it at that uh if you want to get in touch with us you want to let me know about what film they're filming at the time of making this and that's why all that stuff is going on please email us at moviefilmsbillandsteve.gmail.com uh, you can also find us at moviefilmsbillandsteve.tumblr.com we're also on facebook and itunes you know just look up moviefilms of bill and steve leave us a like leave a comment subscribe leave five star review that stuff's really helpful and very nice if you do that i'd love to hear from you even if it's not a five star review just leave a review to let us know what you think we'd love to hear some feedback from people and you can also find us on stitcher the website and the mobile app and I'm also on Twitter at Level Bill. And you can check out my film, SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms, CaresHell.com. And if you want to see me be a superhero, head over to Facebook.com slash TheAmazingSpiderSteve. Also, I would like to announce that very soon, uh, we are going to be starting up an Indiegogo for a new feature film coming soon. Uh, details on that to follow. Um, all you have to know is that I hate myself. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make something horrible. And also, I need to write the script this weekend and then film it and then edit it for release by December. Jesus it Christ. It is currently September 28th. Dare to dream. That's how I roll. Hey, it doesn't got to be good. It's just got to be done. Hey, Hellraiser Revelations was made in a week. I can. I will be better than Hellraiser Revelations. With, uh, I don't know the math, like uh, $299,000 less money. Yes. Yes. And also, I do want to give a quick thing here. Our uh, review of Puppet Master for 8-Bit Geeks 8-Bit Horror Fest should be dropping October 23rd, if you want to go check that out. Plus, please, you know, let's give a quick shout out to our buddies at 8-Bit Geek, you know, and Kevin and all them. Uh, they're starting their 8-Bit Horror Fest, I think, this upcoming week. So go over there, check out their reviews, all the cool guys over there and those nice folks. Yes. Yes. Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. The boat can leave now. Tell the crew.